0: Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, here with my co-host today, Joey Ikes, and we have a fun one in store. We kind of hinted at this last week, but we're going to do our first, I'll say our first, we've probably done 200 of these since, since the uh, draft season kind of kicked off and going, but we're going to do our first live uh, mock draft for the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to do a seven rounder using the PFF mock draft simulator. Um, we're going to walk through this thing. Joey, I'm excited to do this before we get started. How you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, man. These things are interesting and they're always fun. And it feels like every year you get caught up a little bit in the minutiae of these things, right? Of like, oh, well, this guy's never going to be available. That guy will never be there. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then we get the year where C.D. Lamb falls, you know, further than he's supposed to fall, where if that if C.D. Lamb fell to the Cowboys that year, in a mock draft simulator draft, you start the simulation over, or you skip right. him. O- you skip over him and say, you know, that never really happens. Like right. that's just a simulator error. But what this really is, the value this really provides is, you know, what are what things could happen? What are the different scenarios right. that could play out? What are the pockets of players that are usually available at these? And every once in a while, a random guy is going to fall and. Is that guy somebody that you? Is that guy falling enough to make you rechange your thoughts on what direction the team will go with a certain pick? So it's always fun. It's always cool, and you you do enough of these, like you said, and you get a good feel for for how the draft can sort of play out. And then that's when the surprises on draft night really stand out pretty well, is when you have a good feel for it.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, I think the cool thing about hitting record and do this thing live is is like you said, it kind of gives you more a more of a real-time scenario where me and you sit at home and we'll start them. And if we don't like the picks that are there, we'll hit refresh. We'll do it again. Like, we'll refresh it six times before we get who we really like there at at some of these picks. So, um, like I said, I like doing these when we do them live. Sometimes we'll do them live on YouTube and stuff. and just really makes you kind of think and go, okay, look, there's no – we're going to treat this as if it's draft night, if draft weekend. Like, the way it's going to fall is the way it's going to fall. We're not going to refresh anything. We're not going to mess with any of the – you know, the settings or anything. We just did basic settings. We're going to do it. Uh, we slowed it down a little bit. That way we can look at maybe trading up or back if we need to. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to we're gonna dive right into this thing because we got to be a little bit lengthier one, I think, with, with us doing seven rounds. But um, before we hit start, I mean, obviously, is there anything you'd want to do for a trade-up standpoint or trade-back standpoint before we even know who's on the board when we get to our pick?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's one of those – things that there may be as we get to the late teens early 20s a guy or two that you will look at and say you know this guy fell further than we expected him to right. or something like that that may be worth going up for but in general uh, I'm sort of especially in these things sort of a, a stand and make my picks guy unless there's there's a trade-out scenario that that's interesting but we'll, we'll take a look at it as we get to the 18 to 20 range and, and just for
0: that. the people listening I guess we're going to do this as kind of like what we expect like not what we would do we're going to try to like take a look at some of the size things and some of the athletic things and go hey we kind of think that the Cowboys are interested or they're normally interested in these types of players so let's let's try to make this as realistic as we think it you know can be which I will say before we hit start my one little note is I did again you get a lot of information this time of year from a lot of different people but I did get some we talked about this a few weeks ago i did get some information that i think is accurate that we might not have to be only looking at these six foot one 200 pound receivers it sounds like they actually like some of these undersized guys a little bit more than maybe they've shown in previous years now maybe that's because there's more of them to like but your josh downs your zay flowers your nate dells like they might not saying all those guys but I've heard from a couple different people that they they have some some like likes of some of those guys who don't normally fit their prototype at receiver. Now, does that mean they're going to draft that guy? I don't know, but it sounds like maybe they're more willing to look into those guys than they are than previous years. So, there you go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> all right, so let's stop. Let's just we'll say we'll pause at fifteen and see where we're at with players and trades and stuff like that. So, all right, and we're off. All right, so we are at the 15th overall pick. The draft has gone Jalen Carter, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Bryce Young, Tyree Wilson, Joey Porter, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Peter Skoronsky, Devin Witherspoon, Quentin Johnston, Christian Gonzalez, Jordan Addison, and Broderick Jones. Um, I mean, to me, you're, from a trade standpoint, you'd kind of just be looking – like if you're in love with Jackson Smith, Jigba, um, Joey Porter's. Yeah, going... That might
1: be the one guy that would be, you know, a consideration, but that's a pretty big jump for, um, especially cause we haven't seen him run yet. You know, right. <laughs> that's a pretty Absolutely. big jump up for, for wide receiver three. You know, we know the yeah. wide receiver group doesn't stretch a long way, but, um, but your little nugget there on on some open mindedness concerning the size helps a little bit on that aspect. So, yeah. uh, I like I said, I I I tend to lean towards let's let's wait and make the pick. Right. Uh, but maybe we maybe we pause it at twenty and see. Uh, yeah, let's do that. See 20 what's going One
0: twenty two. We'll see where we're at yeah. there.
1: All right. So oh. JSN just went. Looks like. Yep. So, so Perry, we lost.
0: Paris Johnson went at fifteen. Uh, Miles Murphy went at 16. Lucas Van Ness went at 17. Jackson Smith-Najigba uh, went at 18 to the Lions. Brian Brees went to the Tampa Bay Bucks at 19. Brian Branch, Michael Mayer. So Baltimore is on the clock at 22. And like you kind of said at this point, I mean, I, I, I'm i kind of with you. Let's just let it play out and see where we, where we get to. Um, if I was drafting here, I'd maybe look at making a move up for. Let me pull up my board real quick to see who's still there. I mean, you got guys like Kalaja Cancy that could be of consideration of a move up, depending on where they're at with him. Um, But there's, I still got a lot of players that I like left. So
1: I'm kind of. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think Cancy is the guy at this point that you're sort of, you sort of have your fingers crossed that, hey, maybe. If he gets to us, the value combined with the potential impact, the ability to get on the field early is probably enough that you've got your fingers crossed. is probably the guy you're looking for, praying he drops through the next five picks here.
0: Yep, and there's like I said, there's enough guys left that I feel comfortable just kind of sitting and waiting. So
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Let's do it. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, lost him. All right, so Cyrus
0: Torrance is gone. Kalijah Kansy's is gone. B. John Robinson is gone, and Jalen Hyatt, the receiver out of Tennessee that we've talked about a couple weeks ago, is gone. So that leaves us with one of the guys, you know, that fits that little nugget I kind of dropped in earlier. Zay Flowers is still available. Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland, is still available. Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia, is still available. Um, And then all the tight ends are still available, minus –
1: Michael mayor Mayer, who went 21. Yeah. Yep. Um, just, just as a general note, I, I don't think Dallas here would take an edge. You know, we've got the, uh, the army edge rusher, Andre Carter available. I don't think they would take an edge just with the level of investment, ah, level of investment that they have at that spot already. And just the, the pure volume of dudes they have there. Um, uh, I have a general, um, distaste for taking a tight end in the first round um, regardless of where in the first round it is even if you don't have any first round graded players um, i don't know that necessarily uh, you're just not going to get early enough production to make it uh, to make that a great investment i mean i think the the simulator may have made it relatively easy for us especially considering the uh the conversation we had before we got started, Zay Flowers might be the guy here. Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely small, and it's definitely would be an outlier. But it's got to be either Zay or Deontay, probably. Yeah, and, I mean,
0: for for me and a guy we haven't talked about enough, I think. And again, it'd be going it'd be an outlier for what they like to do. But Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle out of Michigan, is another guy that that I mean, he's right. I think he's my 27th overall player in this class. So, I mean, again, we're not doing it for what I would do, but a position that maybe they could could look into there. Um, I know a lot of people mock the Siaki Ika, the Baylor defensive tackle to them earlier in this process. I don't see it with him. Um, I think Mozzie Smith is an interesting name to kind of circle as a possible candidate there, but I'm with you. I mean, for me, it would come down to Flowers, Banks, and then uh, – Smith. Those would be the three guys that that I like the most, and that I mean again, like, do we take my nugget and run with it right away? Do we go? I mean, Deontay Banks makes a lot of sense here. I think pre combine, you know, not really knowing exactly the arm length, exactly the the speed and everything, but he has a lot of the makeup that they like in their corners. I think those are probably yeah. The we've two- got
1: a, we've got a fun situation here where the two best players that are on the board according to the the PFF draft board here that we're using um, are Zay Flowers and Deontay Banks, who both happen to hit positions of need, that both happen to hit positions of high value. Um, The one, you know, we don't have the athletic testing numbers yet, uh, but we do have the size. And and from a size standpoint, uh, Banks from Maryland definitely fits their, their profile typically better than, then Flowers does the wide receiver. Uh, I just wonder if they may uh, be so focused on offense this year just because of the way the offense played out last year that um, they may go Zay. But.
0: So let's see. They got Zay Flowers, Nathaniel Dell, Josh Downs. I mean, that's really the only three, I think, that warrant any sort of first-round consideration. Um, real quick before we end up deciding – you don't think, I mean, I know their board Their board looks a little bit different, but a guy like Drew Sanders out of Arkansas um, is a linebacker. I mean, I know that's a position that me and you really wouldn't love them taking another linebacker in round one, but could see them really liking Sanders with the way that he tests. And I know PFF has him as a 95th overall player, but I think they're a little lower on him than I would be. <laughs> um I mean, the tackles kind of win. I don't see anybody there unless you start looking at an Anton Harrison or Dewan Jones. I think that's still a little bit early for me. Um, I mean, guards, you're looking at Steve Avila, Luke Wipler, the Ohio State center, they can kind of make a transition to guard. I mean, to me, to me this is a no-brainer. It would be Zay Flowers for me. It's just do we, you know – even though I'm kind of hearing that maybe they're more interested in some of these smaller dudes than they have in previous years. Do we have
1: faith in that? (laughs) I mean, the good news about this situation is that, you know, we can sort of take that nugget and run with it if we decide to. And one of the things that we have the benefit of having done this, you know, a few dozen times each individually is that if, if you don't hit wide receiver here, there's a chance you have a wide receiver you like at 56, but after that, there's really only one or two guys after that that you're sort of hoping for once you get into the 90-129 range, and then you're really, really stretching it in terms of the ability to produce early. Um yeah, and maybe there maybe there's a little bit of clouding here in my personal evaluation of I mean Banks has I think two interceptions in the last three seasons at Maryland so right. there's um there there's that that sort of is probably clouding me a little bit here
0: any consideration to trade back here looks like you have two offers with the Saints at 29 and the Browns at 42
1: I mean, that pick at 29 is interesting because there's a pretty good chance that one of the two guys we're talking about here makes it there. And then we have a chance of probably picking up probably at least a third. Um, if not, you know, a little better than that. I might would offer, so New Orleans has 71 in the third round. I might would try that, see what they say about that. No, that one's not going to get accepted. Yeah. Um, Looks like you could get one
0: fifteen. I mean, to move back three spots that late, that's probably
1: and add a add a, a pick right there in the middle where you got to where you right now you're looking at going forty picks without a pick. Uh, a spot right there at one fifteen might be a good spot to add. Let's try that one. Let's see if we can get that accepted. Because like I said, there's just not there's not a guy we love, and there's multiple guys that fit high positions of value, positions of need, grades worth taking at this point. And then there's always the fallback of, you know, you get to 29 and uh, you don't love any of those guys there. You can take, you know, Moxie Smith, the defensive lineman from Michigan, or even Avila who PFF has a little lower. You could take a guard there at 29 and you wind up with a guard plus a four instead of just a, you know, an undersized wide receiver or potentially a slow uh, cornerback. So...
0: Just to give everybody an idea, the trade, the NFL trade chart, which you know isn't a live and die by thing, but it's, it gives you a good reference. Twenty-six is worth seven hundred points, and the twenty-ninth overall pick is worth six forty. So you're looking at about a sixty-point difference. One fifteen is worth
1: sixty-four. So it's almost the, right on the nose. On the
0: four-point overpay by yeah. the Saints, and they're looking to yeah. move up. So normally you're always going to overpay a little bit. So
1: yeah, I think, I think, think that. that. Uh... Yeah, I think so, too. It's one of those, you don't love either of the players. You may as well trade back, get something in addition to it. You feel a little bit better about making the pick once you do it at 29.
0: All right, so they accepted the trade, so we are moving back to 29. Zay Flowers went. He was the next They actually traded up for Zay Flowers.
1: (laughs) Um, Antonio Johnson goes at 27. That would have been a fallback option. Cam Smith goes at 28, the corner from South Carolina.
0: Another guy we didn't even mention because of where he's ranked is Keeley Ringo. The Georgia corner.
1: Wow, they've got him way down there. Yeah. I think I've usually got a corner picked by the time I get, <laughs> get there. So I don't usually I don't usually wind up seeing that. But that is a that is a really good fit. So then the question becomes Thanks Sir Ringo. Yeah, but I mean we could do we look at? Do we open it back up? And do we maybe try to play the system here a little bit? But there's really the thing is there's not really a guy that you like a whole lot better. Just kind of turned out kind of gross. Um, <laughs> I like um, I, I
0: I'll I'll say it like I like Banks and Ringo probably a little bit more than you do and like even here I know like you said like I'd be considering Nolan Smith here I like Nolan Smith I like Mozzie Smith it's just for me it's like the offensive skill players aren't there that we kind of yeah. hope would maybe be there but on the yeah. defensive side of the ball I, I like our defensive options
1: yeah I think at this point Banks is probably the pick because you know we we just talked about we're not going to take a tight end so Kincaid is there. But that's not really our jam in terms of value there. Um, And I don't think they would take a tight end that high who can't block. They never have. Yeah. And so, you know, they took Escobar in the second round, but that's a whole different world down there in the 50s than it is up here at 29. Uh, I think Banks is probably the pick um, based on what they would do because he fits everything that they're looking for. And and even if he doesn't run as fast as we um, might prefer somebody to run, uh, hey, we don't know that he will run
0: right. I, I was gonna say fast yet, but I listened to the NFL, uh, excuse me, the athletics NFL draft mm-hmm. show that they do with yep. Dane Brugler, Lance Airline. Um, they actually noted him as a guy that they think is gonna run really well. I don't see that on tape, but.
1: They hey, said we talked they about could, how they're way better at that than I am. So right. they said that they <laughs> think
0: he could be a low four fours, you know, mid four fours guy. So that's that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah. If he runs like that with the way that he's played, you know, the way that he's played off coverage and he read and reacts and everything, um, that's a pretty high level corner that you're getting here. Yeah. You know, at the back end of the first round. And you also added a, you know, mid fourth round pick. I think that's a, I think that's sounds a like the, good spot to be.
0: Michael Parsons thing, right? Move back a couple spots, get a really good player, and still pick up an additional draft pick.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if he turns out to be that level of player, you uh, <laughs> dance in the streets with no shirt on.
0: Yep, let's do it. I think Deontay, Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland, makes the most sense here. So, um, all right, cool. So we'll stop it here at 38. Um So Tyreek Stevenson, the corner out of Miami, went right after. Dalton Kincaid was the last pick in the first round.
1: City, oh, that's so nasty.
0: (laughs) Healy Ringo um, was the first pick in the second round. Anton Harrison, Keon White, Mozzie Smith, Nolan Smith, Trenton Simpson. So we're right around 40. Um, I I still feel pretty good about what we got left. We still got some of those tackles left on the board. We still got a couple of those – I mean, you could – again, we, we missed out on our receiver. You could look at moving up for one of those dudes, um, Josh Downs, Nate Dell. I mean, I think – I think Dell probably is still going to be too small for them. I mean, he's 5'8", 165 pounds. I think just from a weight standpoint, he's probably still not going to be quite the prototype they look for. Josh Downs is a guy who's interesting. Um Let's let it roll a few more picks and see what happens before we talk about maybe coming up.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. That's a pretty big jump. They've been known to make that jump if they love a guy, but I just don't know that right. there's a guy that they will All love right. enough.
0: So, Tuli Tupalupu went to the Raiders, BJ Ojolari, Tanner McKee, Sikai Ika, Emmanuel Forbes, Darnell Wright, Jamari Gibbs, Luke Musgrave, Isaiah Foskey, and Will McDonald were the next picks. So, Kind of feel pretty good about what's going to be there fifty eight here honestly.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, Josh, so too. And you, you'll, you'll lose a couple guys, but uh, but I, I think we'll, we'll either love the we'll we'll probably have a pretty decent option there at uh, at fifty eight for sure.
0: Yeah, let's let it roll. I like it. Yeah. All, right. All right, so we had a we have a legit pin throw. Steve Avila, one of our guards, kind of went. Right before us, right ahead
1: of us. Yeah, that's right one you're, you know, where that was one of the ones you had your fingers crossed might make it to you. That would have been a fantastic one to, to take care yep. So, Ronnie Hickman, um, Darius Rush, Darnell
0: Washington, Drew Sanders, Keshawn Butte, John Michael Schmitz, Jalen Duncan, Clark Phillips, Dewan Jones, and Steve Avila were the picks before us. So, Josh Downs, Nate Dell did make it to 58. Um,
1: Yeah, it's funny, Uh, PFF list, go ahead.
0: I feel safe saying it, that Josh Downs is the one that I kind of heard that they're not as low on from a size, weight, position standpoint, which is weird because I think he's going to be a pure slot in the NFL, but maybe they see him being able to bulk up a little bit and play some of that, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, like play some of that Z, play some of the slot, Move in and out with C.D. Lamb at times,
1: um, but I mean, yeah, it's funny because P.F.F. has him and Tank Dell listed at the same size. They have them both at five ten. Right. They've got Downs at one seventy five and uh, Dell at one sixty five. Dell at one sixty five. But uh, it's
0: great. I can't remember the last time for a combine. I was more interested in like some of the white weights and heights, and yeah. I was the forty times and three cones
1: and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's definitely a. It's going to be interesting to watch. I mean,
0: dude, a guy I like that I just don't. I, I, I tweeted it out this morning is Cedric Tillman, the receiver. Like they got him at 109. So I know if we pick him here, you know, our grade's going to be an F because they have him at 109. pick him at 58. But Cedric Tillman's a six foot three, six foot two, six foot four wide receiver. Yeah, six foot. They got him listed at six foot three, 215. He's projected to run four fours. Um, Plays outside. Yeah, they talked
1: about him on with Dana and Lance yep. this week, too, about how he's a guy who in 2021 played way better than in 2022, had an ankle thing he was dealing with in 2022, and maybe teams aren't as concerned about him as some of the media might be. Yep. Um, What do we have at linebacker right now? Linebacker is one of those spots that there always feels like there's a sweet spot in the second round with some really good players. So they got um,
0: Henley out of Washington State, Iowa, or uh, Jack Campbell out of Iowa, uh, Overshone out of Texas. That's probably the only three I think you would consider drafting this early.
1: Yeah, probably so. I think if you go this early, it's probably Campbell just because of the coverage ability. Yeah, And he will he will definitely go before your next pick, but
0: see, nothing, nothing. To, I mean, I like Keanu Benton quite a bit out of Wisconsin, but I still think it's a tad early, uh, early for where I can yeah. say. I mean, your tight ends, you got Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. He could be an option here.
1: Um
0: I don't I, I mean, I like Laporta, don't love him.
1: Yeah, I think it may be one of those situations where, you know, and without continuing to just trade down the board 40 times to get a bunch <laughs> of picks and manipulate the system. Your best bet is probably to take, especially based on the the insider information we're getting, the best bet is probably to take downs the value from a board versus where you're picking him standpoint is good. Again, high position of value, position of need, immediate opportunity to get snaps and make an impact. Uh, I, I think, if we if we think of Dell at 5'8, 165, that's going to be a little too small. That's going to be even beyond they're not going to be able to talk Will McClay out of his, you know, out of his size box for that. Um and so I mean, I I think he's I think this is right where you would expect Downs to get picked. I think that he could with you know. With Dak Prescott throwing the ball to him could do you know a lot of damage, and I think he's uh you know especially you know if we're tr- truly moving to a true West Coast offense, guy separates underneath you know it's exactly what you're looking for.
0: I was gonna say so PFS normally does a pretty good job of like giving little little snippets of and their their thing says what's his role slot. Downs is one of the best underneath separators in the class and he's played 89% of his snaps from the slot over his career. I don't see why that should change in the NFL. So, you know, he played 11% of his snaps at that Z position also at UNC. Um, and and again, like, I think he's a guy that has the athletic traits and some of the the release packages and route running that he could survive playing, you know, 20% of his snaps at a Z, which will allow you to kind of flex him out. Why let CD work some out of the slot and, even with just his speed and explosiveness from that position, I think that, that I think the value here just makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah, I so too.
1: and you, you, you could wind up putting them in stacks and bunches with CD and in re, reduced splits where they're essentially both in the slot. Cause you're not going to get a ton of, of tight press. They both can have two way go type situations on their, uh, on their defenders. You can get a lot of usage out of that, that combination um, and do some really cool things for sure.
0: And just, just, well, I think Josh Downs is going to be the pick here, but just to kind of give you guys a a, you know, look into it. So, Randall Cobb, um, you know, a receiver that Mike McCarthy kind of helped make famous in Green Bay. He is 5'10", he's listed at 195 now. He's probably more of that 185 range when he came into the league. Um, so close in size to Josh Downs and then the guy we talked about a little bit a few weeks ago, Tyler Lockett. He's listed at 5'2", 182, so he was probably more of that 5'10", 170 um, receiver coming out of Kansas State. So kind of similar builds of Josh Downs, a little bit different style of players. But I mean, I think that, you know, to say that they're maybe hearing that maybe they have some more interest in those and seeing that Mike McCarthy kind of one of the guys that he drafted and developed was Randall Cobb at that five. Ten, you know 180 190 range and then Tyler Lockett a guy who played with Brian Schottenheimer in Seattle who's a 510 you know 180 170 guy you know that makes a little bit more sense maybe while we're starting to hear some of those whispers
1: yeah absolutely and it's interesting because you know PFF has Jalen Hyatt at 68 overall and he goes 25 overall and our in our mock that we're running here you know we both have a have an affinity for Tyler Scott all right. Um, at you know five eleven one eighty five. He'll he'll move after this week. I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, that's sort of what I'm saying. He he's the hundred eleventh player in the in the draft. Uh, you know, it's one of those. Do we play to manipulate the system or or? Well, let me ask you this: Would you take Would you take Downs over Scott, do, or do you feel like you can get more down the field out of Scott than you can get out of Downs?
0: I have. Let me pull up. You're asking for my um Yeah, I'm
1: asking I'm asking for you, yeah.
0: Okay, so I'll give you real quick where I got these guys slotted um to give you an idea where I'm at. So I have as it stands today, which I don't normally have a big change after the combine because my stuff's based, you know, probably eighty percent, ninety percent on the tape, and then just a little bit of that goes to the athletic testing. But I have today I do have Tyler Scott
1: ahead of Josh Downs. Um, Yeah, and he's a guy who, you know, he only had seven slot – or two slot catches in 2022, Tyler Scott did. I know.
0: Plays outside. So,
1: he's an outside guy with, I mean, an almost 13-yard depth of target, like – I wonder if maybe he he played out he was a preliminarily an outside guy his entire career. And is that you know especially if he runs like we expect him to run this week is is that somebody that you know maybe instead of trying to play the the PFF big board system here we say you know what we really like Scott we think he will match the vision cuz he's you know 5'11 185 that is you know essentially Randall Cobb height, weight profile. Same thing, you know, Tyler Lockett's the comp that Dane gave him, that we've given him. Um, Do these guys look at that and say, you know, between Schottenheimer and McCarthy and those two guys, you mentioning those two in comparison to downs is what made me think about Scott, is that, you know, maybe maybe Scott's the pick here and, you know, we're not going to get a great value grade from PFF here, (laughs) but you know, but when we go back and look over our draft, and we say, okay, you know, we took, we traded back, then we took Deontay Banks, and then we took Tyler Scott. We hit two of our biggest potential positions of need. Got an extra pick in the process, and we feel pretty good about these guys' ability to come in and produce. You know, uh, value notwithstanding, um, I think you take that in terms of coming off of the first two rounds of the draft.
0: I'll tell you, I'd be thrilled because Tyler Scott is my 29th ranked overall player and Deontay Banks is my 31st ranked
1: overall player. So (laughs) yeah. So like I said, I think (laughs) there's, there's a chance that, you know, that you and I are a little high on Tyler Scott, but you know, Dane's got him up here at, you know, the 47th or 50th or so best player in the class. So I might say we just go ahead and pick Tyler Scott here, PFF board, notwithstanding. And, uh, and roll through and, and see what we can do from a uh, running back and defensive uh, front seven standpoint. After yeah. that,
0: everybody might be mad at us. Telling Tyler Scott's going to be a player. He's going to be. I mean, again, we keep hearing him compared to Tyler Lockett, and I. Uh, Jack
1: Campbell went seventy fourth. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Goodness.
0: Well, again, we keep going. We keep. We keep because. <laughs> Nate Dell still on the board.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and this happens so often. They've got him so high, but it's like they won't let teams pick him because of the size. Yeah. Um.
0: um Jack Campbell went 74. I'm trying to just – Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State, went 69th. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Downs went – And then Hooker out. went
1: 61.
0: Yep. Josh Downs went pick 60 to the Bengals. Um. I really don't hate anything that's happened.
1: I think that yeah, I don't think so either. I think I think that pick that range from uh, you know fifty six to ninety or fifty eight to ninety went about as well as you could have expected it to go. Right, and n- now you're sitting in this fun little range where now it's you're in a spot. It makes a lot of sense to take a running back if you're in this range here, especially because you added the extra fourth and you H&, you know there's the, a there's a certain running back I have a high affinity for um, <laughs> who's available. But it's hard to – it is hard every time you get to this point when you look at the running backs at this point and they've got, you know, A-Chain and Bigsby and Kendra Miller and so they've got so many running um, backs in this same little stack of of guys or in this little range of guys that it gets hard to justify using pick 90 when you think there's a pretty good chance you get back to you know especially now that we added 115 you're going to get to 115 and one of those few guys is going to be there um for you that that guy you got at the top right there Samuel LaPorte has got a yep. is a little interesting here in the yep. third round too and I know I know our buddy John owning loves uh Herbig the edge linebacker the small undersized Imagine that the uh, the collective we uh, loves a, a relatively undersized, long, Wisconsin. athletic edge rusher from Wisconsin. <laughs> we, we've been down that road a few times, uh, but uh, but yeah. So there's you know there's the tight end from Iowa. There's the edge rusher from Wisconsin. There's all almost all the running backs outside of you know Gibbs and. Um, Robinson, and I think Charbonnet went already too, right? Um, yes. Running back out of UCLA. So all the running – outside the top three running backs, they're all there. Um, there's there, outside, there's
0: so many good runners in this class. Yeah, that,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's really hard to justify. You I know. know. I, I love Devon A. Chain. I love what he is as a player. I think he's what the 2023 NFL running back looks like and feels right. like. But from a value standpoint – it's hard to make that pick and then say, you know, a round later, I could probably get Tank Bigsby. Right. He's going to be a really good running back. Maybe another round after that I can get Kendra Miller. He's going to be a really good running back. Um so I think if you if you don't want to go double up at corner and go with Eli Ricks, um, mm-hmm. uh, then I think you're probably looking at um probably the the tight end who I can't ever remember his name, Sam Laporta. Laporta. Yep. Laporta or maybe Herbig just from a value standpoint of the team valuing the position. But you know, Laporta is interesting because, you know, basically 6'4, 250, right? Um he's not a he's not a dynamic, like reliable pass catching option. All right, but he wins after the catch. He breaks tackles. You know we've got it written here. And the other side of that coin is, you come from Iowa, you block. Yeah. And once you once he's only 22 as a senior, he's you know he I have this philosophy on offensive linemen and uh, tight ends that you take them from schools that ask them to run block. Right. You take them from you know. From the Midwest, if you could, you know, you take them from Notre Dame, you take them from Iowa, you take them from Wisconsin, you take them from Stanford uh, over the last few years. um, And it's you're going to have a floor there and taking that guy at 90 after the two dynamic pieces that we've gotten early in the draft. That feels pretty good to me, which is interesting as the guy who uh, who is known as the guy who hates tight ends. Yeah. And I
0: mean, I, I just think here where you're at with Dalton Schultz more than likely not coming back, it, it the value makes sense. The position of need makes sense. You're drafting a guy who's, you know, you feel like, you know, could have been picked possibly in the second round. You're here at the back of the third. It just, I think it makes a lot of sense there. Um, I like Herbig quite a bit too out of Wisconsin. But like you said, they're pretty safe at edge rusher right now, unless they try to do some cap stuff with Dorrance Armstrong or stuff like that, but they got Sam Williams coming back in year two. Uh, obviously Michael Parsons DeMarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, you know, they got four or five, six quality bodies there. So they're probably safe to go a different direction where they only have two guys going into year two and Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. And they don't really have anything else behind those guys that they, you know, Sean McKeon has been here for a couple of years, but never really produced a whole lot. So I think Laporta here makes, makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you for sure.
0: All right. So we only have a 25 pick wait. So we're not having to wait a full round again because we did do that trade back. So this might be a spot where we look at our runners. Um,
1: Yeah, I think that, I think this, you know, and that's, then it's the bonus pick, right? You got one of the guys you wanted to take at 26 anyway. You've got, you know, you're going to wind up with a chunk of your running back still there. So A chain went between or A chain went right at the back there.
0: Third round. Yep. 93 to uh, 93. Carolina. So just a
1: couple of picks after us. Yep. Yep. Uh, but so you still got you know McBride from UAB. I, I don't necessarily know if they would go back to a small school again after what happened with, you know, you know, Tulsa did okay, but the way Jalen Tolbert played last year, I don't know that right. they would go back to a small school like that. So really it's you know probably. It's probably what Bigsby and Miller here. If you're going to take a running back here, Eric
0: Gray is a guy that I again, I'm the guy who's going to give us a bad PFF grade. But I mean, he's a dude who I think, who I think he can catch the football. Um, I think he's going to test really well. Um, he's a good runner. Kind of has like some Tony Pollard vibes to him. I think. Um, so I mean, of consideration of the 115th overall pick, I'd be looking at Bigsby. I'd be looking at Keandre Miller. I'd be looking at Eric Gray. Um And for me, I like Kenny McIntosh. I know he's a little bit further down, but that's how kind of I'd have him ranked out. Probably the way they have – I'd have Tank Bigsby. I would have um, Keandre Miller. I would have Eric Gray, and then I would have it Kenny McIntosh.
1: Yeah, so I'd probably – especially considering – You know, the idea is sort of that Paul Solari, the new Cowboys offensive line coach, wants to run a bunch of zone stuff. Um, Tank Bigsby is one of the best zone runners in the draft. You know, super elusive, makes guys miss. You know, did drop three passes, which, you know, considering you're a guy who only had 42 targets, that's not great. Um, Only
0: only 21. I mean, we talk about age and, I mean, you know He, you he at,
1: does have quite a few carries on him at front, in college, but, um, but I mean, you're, you're basically signing up for four years here and I think he gets a little bit of a bump because of, you know, Miller coming off an injury, if I remember right. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I like either one of those guys, I, like I said, Bigsby Miller or Eric Gray, I'd be, I'd be really happy with here. Um,
1: so then, the question becomes: Is there anybody else outside of running back that Runners. is just like you know the the blinking green light? Because we do have another pick in fourteen picks here. Um, I don't think they'll take your small corner from TCU, unfortunately, for unfortunately. for you. Um, <laughs> you could go go back to the receivers here. I mean, I mean, let's just like I mean, the I guy. There's like they probably kind of... Michael Wilson, right? The the Stanford guy is probably yeah. the guy. Yeah,
0: Michael Wilson. I mean, Parker Washington's more of your slot guy out of Penn State. A.T. Perry's a big, fast dude out of Wake Forest who's more of an X. Um, I mean, like I said, Wilson makes a ton of sense there, but do they double-dip at receiver right now? They haven't really addressed the trenches at all. I mean, let's look at our defensive lineman real quick and see who's there. Pretty good defensive tackle class.
1: The Wake uh, Forest guy is interesting to me. Kobe. I haven't seen I haven't seen his I haven't seen him on tape. Yeah. But every time I run through this, I pull up his uh, his profile on PFF, and they yeah. are like so. PFF does an awesome job with their um, with their draft guide and stuff like that. It's probably it's one of the best features that they have in the entire site, and it's a it's an awesome site. Uh, Kobe Turner had an 88.8 pass rush grade in 2022, a 93.1 run defense grade in 2022 and a 14.7% pass rush win rate all of which are in the top 75 to 80% of defensive interior players and he had a 75.9 true pass set pass rush grade. Yeah. So he's got he's got 11 sacks in the last 2 year or the last 3 years grades above 88 on pff which you know take their grades for what for what you will but he's basic he's basically a b gap player at 290 pounds that's a guy who always catches my interest in this sort of range just because i always get here and haven't hit the trenches yet we go through the same exercise and he's a guy who especially if he tests well this week um is probably – he's going to come up boards probably because teams are going to come back and look or people in the media are going to come back and look and see Kobe Turner with the production and the grade and the 11.5% run stop rate. So just a dude that just destroys the run game from the inside and wins against as a pass rusher, this this screams to me as like a, a Osa Odigizuai, you pick him you know, early in the fourth round, late in the third round, and you wind up with a, uh, with way more value than that out of a rookie.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like Kobe Turner. I know he played like some of that five technique at Wake Forest at times, kind of a guy who a little bit of a tweener, like can be viewed as that, you know, even front edge, you know, possibly even that five technique in the odd front schemes, but also could fall in and play that under tackle. Um, And some of those, you know, again, he's 290. So, a lot of your under tackles nowadays are two ninety-five to three ten, you know, and mm-hmm. just they're more athletic than big and strong. And they might not play, you know, three downs for you, but they come in on third and longs, they play on the first and tens and you know, they try to try to get it after the quarterback. So I like that. I mean, I think defensive tackle is kind of one of those sneaky positions in need right now. You got Osa here, you got you know, Gallimore here, Hankins and Watkins are free agents. Um Bohanna really hasn't panned out the way you kind of thought he would. So, I mean, I think this is a spot where we definitely should look to address the trenches, and Kobe Turner makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably the guy. And it's interesting; he was his role was much more diverse in twenty two than it was in twenty one. So he played six hundred and three snaps in the B gap in twenty twenty one, and didn't play anything over seven snaps anywhere else. Right. And he played eighty four snaps over the tackle, so basically a a, a five technique. Thirty, or excuse me, three hundred and twelve snaps in the B gap. So anywhere from a a two I to a, or excuse me, anywhere from a three technique to a four I technique. And then he actually played one hundred and twelve snaps in the A gap uh, at Wake Forest this year. And they played some teams, man. They played Clemson. They played, you know, they played Louisville. They played North Carolina. They played Missouri in the bowl game. Like, you know, Missouri is not, you know, the top of the SEC, but they are an SEC team that. You know, and that was his one of his best graded games of the year, too, according to PFF. So oh,
0: I, I think, it. you know,
1: I, I think especially because we do like a lot of the running backs that are left and we got two picks in the next 50. We're going to be able to wind up getting, you know, we got a lot of picks coming up here. We're going to be able to get a running back here. We feel pretty good about. Yep.
0: I like it. Let's take it.
1: Kobe Turner is the pick at 115.
0: That was our trade back pick for those wondering. All right. Now we got to look at a running back. I feel.
1: Um we yeah, Michael don't. Wilson's staring us in the face there. Is he? <laughs> but, but oh, I mean, yeah. Bigsby's almost as highly rated as he is. Yeah. And, and we, we we still have him on the board, too. I mean, this feels like just about as much of a dream scenario of a third and fourth round as you can have for the Cowboys in terms of the way it played out. And adding that pick at 115 gave us the opportunity to not feel like we had to take the running back at 90, not feel like we even had to take the running back at 115. And, I mean, you're, we're on, what, our fifth pick of the draft now? We're about to take a guy who's going to come in and probably be a starter and play, you know, get 200 touches in his first year. Like, that's just, I
0: that's, mean, like it sounds crazy to say, but that's just kind of the reality of the position nowadays.
1: It's, so, and that's it's the reason why you can't take the running back at 26, right? even if he falls. And, you know, he, he, B. John Robinson didn't fall to us at 26 in this draft, but this is the conversation we would have had at that point. As you look at this running back group, I mean, we're at 129 is our pick right now. Tate Bigsby is PFF's 83rd ranked player in the class, and he is, you know, he's, he's a walk-in, and you can hand him the ball 150, you can hand him the ball 15 times a game and get in 200 carries in his rookie season. And there's just not that many guys or there's there's and there you there's still Kendra Brown who you could probably do the same thing with and there's you know there's a couple of other running backs down there that you could probably give you know 12 to 15 touches a game if you if you needed to and we're in the back end the compensatory part of the of the fourth round basically fifth round players and you know you're looking at like i said a runner who you can just hand the ball to over and over and over again which is what this offense needs at this point especially if you're assuming that um that you move on from from Zeke and that Pollard winds up somewhere else too
0: yeah no absolutely i i, I couldn't agree more um you know i think the only i was just going to take a look real quick just to see get a better idea so to give everybody an idea um on dane brugler's board he has tank bigsby as his sixth running back he has i didn't even see him i think roshan johnson already went yeah he went already PFS right, so, got
1: him at like 119 but he went gotcha. already so he right, would have so been
0: tank bigsby is dane's sixth running back and um kenny mcintosh is his eighth and Keandre Miller was his twelfth. This was from his running back rankings a couple months ago, so those obviously could have changed. But yeah, I, I just I think Tank Bigsby makes too much sense here.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've we've played the game of let's take other positions of high value ahead of running back for several rounds, and now this value just it just sings beautifully. Of real quick, I want to I want to
0: look it up real quick. Um. Ah, let's see. I'm trying to figure out exactly where he was taken. So Tony Pollard. Where was Tony Pollard drafted? He was drafted in the fourth round. Was he the 129th overall pick? Is that am I making that up? Or
1: uh, um, let's see. I wanna say he was, but I could be wrong. It, just- it sounds it sounds like it one of those, you know, compensatory type picks.
0: Hundred. He was 128th overall pick. So,
1: there you go. Yeah, sitting
0: here going, we can't find a starting running back in the fourth round of the draft. That's all BS. Just know that the guy who we you know we view as probably being the starting back in 2023, if you know, if if he's not hurt and the is that demanding too much money. He was picked one pick
1: earlier. So, (laughs) right, and that he he comes with less. He came with less running back experience less true carries as a real run he was basically a receiver and and kick returner in college and came in and became what he became on his rookie contract Um, I think Bigsby makes a ton of sense right I think he's got almost got to be the pick
0: yep and he is so we are going into the fifth round we'll try to roll through these a little bit quicker I know we've spent a lot of time kind of breaking these guys down but that's what we want to do like I said we haven't We haven't really done this yet, so real quick, let's give you – Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Go ahead, Michael Wilson's still there? Yeah. (laughs) So real quick, we have drafted so far, we have taken cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland with the first-round pick. We have taken Tyler Scott, the Cincinnati wide receiver, with our second-round pick. We have taken Sam Laporta, the Iowa tight end, with our third-round pick. We have taken Kobe Turner, the Wake Forest defensive tackle, with our first fourth-round pick, and then we have taken Tank Bigsby, the Auburn running back, with our second fourth-round pick. So we're here with our first pick in the fifth round. Um, Still haven't addressed the offensive line. I think it is important that Stephen Jones talked today and did mention that it sounds like Terrence Steele will be ready for camp. He said that Tyron Smith would absolutely be back. Um, we'll see what happens there with that. But, I mean, it sounds like there's a good chance that Terrence Steele, Tyron Smith will be back. Um, but they always seem to like to add offensive linemen in, in that fourth, fifth-round range. They did it with Matt Lewetzko, They did it with Josh Ball. They've done it with guys in the past. Um, and, I mean, I think, I think this late in the draft – you're hard-pressed to find just a bona fide starter. So something that I look for this late in the draft is guys with position flexibility that could potentially be your swing tackle, could potentially slide in and play guard for you in a pinch. Um, a guy that I love a lot that I don't know if he'll be here, but if he is, is Nick Saldaveri the Dominion tackle. He had a really good week at the Senior Bowl. He played tackle, um, in college at ODU but he played a lot of guard at the senior ball so he's a guy that has that ability to play tackle and guard um I know Daniel Jeremiah said that he has a third round grade on Saldaveri um I think Dane said that he has a fourth late fourth I want to say or maybe he had one of those four or five grades on him um I don't like you said like they don't normally like these small school guys but they did go small school last year with Matt Lewetzko. um out of north dakota that was a small school tackle um that they drafted last year so maybe they go back to that well and he has a little bit of that matt let's go prototype to him he's six six three fifteen uh redshirt junior um i mean i don't want to jump the gun here but it just sounds like i feel like this is kind of that range they've kind of targeted those offensive linemen in um or anything yeah, I think you're right. Can,
1: can we look at the guards, the interior guys, too? Because yeah. one of the things that I think, you know, based on you know the idea that uh, Tyron's going to be back, which is a little bit surprising, based on what we thought was going to happen, you know, earlier in the season last year, but um, if Tyron is back, then what we The idea is probably Tyler Smith becomes your left guard. Tyron Smith moves back to left tackle. Uh, Terrence steals your right tackle, and you know what your center and right guard look like. Uh, And then when Tyron Smith goes down for an injury for one game, five games, 12 games, whatever it is, Tyler Smith moves out to left tackle, and you plug a guard in. Um, Now, they – they tend to probably, and I know one of the things Green Bay has done forever, and maybe this influence comes from um maybe Mike McCarthy brings that influence, is that they like a tackle who can move to guard. Right. Or maybe they're shopping more guard center flex. But um but they one of the guys I was thinking was maybe Nick Broker from Ole Miss, but he's not there. It doesn't look like um who is a who is an interior. Left guard played left tackle for a couple of seasons before that. Played left guard at as a in, in his final season there at Ole Miss and had one of the best zone blocking grades and one of the better pass blocking grades in the class. Um, now he gets a lot of benefit from RPOs and things like that. It doesn't look like he's available though, so a little bit of a moot point there.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other name that I kind of I I always when I start watching offensive linemen, I just I always look for guys like this late that have those third, fourth, fifth round grades of guys who've played multiple positions. Braden Daniels has played left tackle, right tackle, and left guard at Utah. He's another guy that just kind of has that versatility to him. Um I don't know. I mean, I, I think that this is a position that they kind of look at the targeting offensive line. Um
1: Yeah, and he's got some right tackle background too, like you said. Yeah, played both uh, tackle spots and,
0: and left guard.
1: Yep. Really good zone blocker, according to PFF. Um,
0: he's another guy that I'm, I'm, I'm a lot higher on than others just because of his versatility. Um, he's got good size to him. Um, you know, he's a guy who kind of, he, he's, he's not a massive frame guy, but he's six, 297, you know, kind of has more of a guard build than a tackle build, but he's got what I think is going to have some pretty impressive arm length to him. So I think he could play tackle on a pinch. Um, played at a little bit bigger school than than old dominion so if we wanted to look at the the utah tackle slash guard Braden daniels i think that makes a lot of sense here at 163
1: yeah i think you're probably right i think it's i think the their tendencies along with you know the player and and he's from texas so he's (laughs) from Carrollton, so he'll probably be a dallas day guy uh they'll they'll be pretty familiar with so i think i think Braden's probably a uh Probably a pretty decent uh decent pick here.
0: I like it. I like it. Like I said, anytime you can grab a tackle or an offense lineman in general this late, that's just has that versatility that can play inside out. I mean, you see guys like Zach Tom, you see guys like the the Memphis guy from last year, was it Dylan Dylan Parham, I think it was, who went to the mm-hmm. Raiders, who was a tackle, who they moved into guard, who bounced out to tackle. It's just it provides value. Well, Michael Wilson's still around in the fifth round, so <laughs>
1: yeah that's he, one of those he must, that you, he must
0: have he must have killed someone
1: at the combine that we saw. or you know run four eight or something like that <laughs> i mean even the uh princeton wide receiver is pretty interesting to me i uh i was runs, looking at some of his information yeah. uh the a little bit earlier and he's a he's an interesting dude um from you know from his background at Princeton and I need to go pull it up to see what it was that made him so interesting to me but Do I you remember like seeing records
0: in the 100 meter and track I mean he he's I think he's the betting favorite to run the fastest time in the combine this year if I'm not mistaken
1: Yeah he he's up there for sure and you know 14.4 yards per reception this year almost 17 yard 12 touchdowns over the last 2 years Um, played some in the slot but mostly outside you know contested catch rate through the roof yards per out run really high that's a guy that you know once you get this late in the draft you're picking traits a lot of times and you know especially for a position they're relatively talent poor at you may be looking at you know, Michael Gallup, depending on how his season goes this year, he may or may not be back next year. Um, just uh, just an interesting name to think about. Um, you know, he's got grades against, like, against attorneys that go to Harvard and Yale and things like that. But um,
0: <laughs> What about linebacker?
1: They love to take their fifth-round linebackers, don't they?
0: They do. And we had a tweet come out earlier today that kind of breaks down, like, what they like in linebackers, kind of your – you're fast, athletic, going to run well, going to jump high type of guys. Um, trying to pull up where I have my linebackers at right now. So Ventrell Miller, really, I I, I like him, but I think he's more of your instinctive, you know, middle linebacker. He's going to have play with instincts. He's going to play with some awareness. Um, Cam Jones is an interesting one. He's, he's out of Indiana. Um he might be a little bit closer to fitting their athletic profile, um, more of an undersized 6'3", 228, going to probably run really well, going to jump really well. Um, that one is intriguing. Um, I have a hard time thinking he'd be around here, but we said we weren't going to skip over guys because you never know, especially this late.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where we're at the point where we sort of have to decide how how true we're going to stick to our idea here because if if this happens – Michael Wilson has to be the pick at some point. Yeah, like this is, you know, right. this is the middle of three picks that we have between 163 and 176.
0: Well, uh, let's take him then.
1: I mean, nope. I I think if if that's the way we're going to if that's the way we're going to approach it and say, you know, what are they what would they do in this scenario? Um I think they probably take Wilson especially because he just fits their style of wide receiver. Yeah. So well, just let's true route runner, big guy, big school, all that kind of stuff. All right. We took Michael Wilson. Um,
0: probably with the steal of the draft. I mean,
1: yeah, I think so. But we, we've we've had the Cowboys get uh, regarded as the steal of the draft in the fifth round before. Is, so it would not would not surprise me at all. All right. So let's take
0: a look at these linebackers. Yeah. Um, like you said, they love their fifth round linebackers. This is our last pick in the fifth round. I mean, Cam Jones is not would be my him and Ventrell Miller, the Florida linebacker, are going to be my two highest graded linebackers right now. I know a lot of people like D. Winners. Um, I don't know if that's just a Texas TCU thing. I I I don't mind him, but I don't love him as much as everybody else seems to.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, and then the question comes back, you know, I'm going to mention the position that we all, you know, hesitate to talk about because of the amount of work it takes to do it right is, you know, they've talked about the idea that they want to spend more draft picks on quarterbacks. Yeah. And they, you know, they picked Ben DiNucci a couple of years ago. They picked Mike White, not that, you know, they've, they've made some investment at quarterback and, and Aiden O'Connell is the name that I'm looking at. Um, and I haven't, you know, done the film evaluation on the quarterbacks, because if I do that and try to do it the right way, it just takes me forever. So I just haven't done that yet. Um, but especially if you look back at 2021, you know, he completed 72% of his passes and for almost 30, for a little over 3,700 yards, you know, through 28 touchdowns and 11 interceptions as a, you know, as a player in 2021. Uh, had a little bit a little bit of a of a a down year he's a graduate player so he's an older player 24 but you're in the fifth round so
0: right yeah I mean the way I look at it is do do you do you go quarterback here do you do it next I mean that's kind of where I'm at like is is Cam Jones at blinking light for you where you're like, all right, he's too, you know, too good to pass off. Um, kind of give you an idea. Um, not many people have these many people graded yet, but like TDN has him as a fifth round graded value. Um, uh, their top reasons to buy into him is explosive tackler in the box, NFL frame to play NFL linebacker, effective range in the run support and renowned for leadership qualities. Um, Top reasons for concern. Missed majority of second half of 2022 with a foot injury. Still developing instincts as a stack linebacker and limited resume on passing downs. So sounds like Damone Clark (laughs) has some injury issues that are probably pushing him down the board this late. He, you know, is explosive, has some athletic traits, big time leader.
1: Probably play special teams day one. Yep. With the opportunity to grow into some more of that. His 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 prospect comparison
0: is a discount Nick Bolton. I'm in.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a, a what three round discount from what yeah. you got Nick Bol- what they paid for Nick Bolton. I do. Yeah, like I, I think said,
0: on, on tape Cam Jones is a lot of fun. I mean, he's. I know Indiana's had a lot of linebackers come through to great you know to gray scales. Some of those guys like that that haven't really panned out, but I just they always seem to be more of like your you know. Rotational guy, special teams guy—that kind of been the way that like Scales and some of those other dudes have played coming out of Indiana. But um I mean, this late, we know they like taking linebacker. I mean, they did it. They did it with demone Clark. They did it with Devin. It feels Hart. like
1: every year they take a fifth yeah. round linebacker. Yep, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, I think if it if this was them picking, they're they're picking Cam Jones here. I think it's probably. But I
0: do think this next pick is definitely your quarterback consideration. Six round pick. your only six round pick. Um. They did it with Ben DiNucci a couple years ago. Oh, You know, they seem to like Will Greer, but I think they're going to look to bring in a guy with Will Greer to be your, your backup quarterback slash third-string quarterback.
1: Tyson Bajant is a really interesting story. You know, he's an un, probably an undrafted free Two. agent type player. Super interesting story. His dad is like a world champion Arm wrestler. Yeah, I saw that on well, the senior by, bowl. Yeah, they, they had him on the senior bowl and stuff like that. But like, I, I've heard Tyson Bagent talk. He has the uh, the record, the all levels record for most touchdown passes thrown by a quarterback at any level <laughs> in college football history. Um, I can't even remember the name of the school he went to. They don't even have a school list um, at, at PFF. It's um, some some like I said, some Tennessee crazy or West off the Virginia wall or something. Yeah, something. I I let me. I'm gonna have to effort this because I I can't can't leave it unanswered. But he, like I said, he is, and he's a guy who has Shepherd University is the Shepherd. name of the school. Yeah, it's in West
0: Virginia, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: and so he, uh, I don't think you pick him here. I think he's probably a uh, you know like a undrafted free agent type situation, but he's just a really interesting story. That's, that's fun to mention that, you know, a guy at that level, um, holds that level of record, you know, wound up going to the senior bowl is pretty, pretty cool for him. But, um, uh, I think if they take a quarterback, I mean, uh, the the thing is you get to the sixth round here and the, the quarterback pickings are, you know, so, so slim, you know, right? unless you think Max Duggan's a draftable player, which I don't know. Um, I don't know what I don't have an evaluation on Clayton Toon, so I, I don't really know. I mean I, it, I, where I, I don't hate Clayton Tune. Um
0: I mean he he's frustrating cuz there's times watching Tank Dell where you're like, "Oh my god, this dude's awesome." And then there's times watching Tank Dell where you're like, "Goodness gracious, this guy's terrible." So <laughs> um there's 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 things to like. I mean, he's got your prototypical, you know, size. He's 6'3", 210 um, 215. He's played there for a while. He's not got he's you know, he's not gonna be your big arm guy. He's more of your accurate over strength, arm strength type of dude. Um, like I said, the best the best thing I can say is his consistency was always kind of up and down too. Like he'd have drives, he had games where he was just on point, he looked great. Um, but from a, you know, he's six three, two ten, like I said, that that Max Duggan's a little bit um Feel like he's a little bit more on the the undersized train at times. So I mean, how big is Max Duggan? Six two two ten. So he's about the same size. Um, I don't know. I, I think Toon's a better quarterback prospect than Max Duggan, where Duggan might have a little bit more, you know, fire surrounding his name right now because of how he was able to take TCU into the college football playoffs and all that. But if we're looking at prospects, I mean, I don't love any of these guys, but if they're sold on buying into the quarterback position and drafting one this year. I feel like Tune this late would make more sense than Duggan.
1: Yeah, I think Tune is probably the only quarterback left that you go, okay, this is a guy that we've got to draft. Like, if we want this guy, we're going to have to draft him, and we're probably going to have to do it relatively soon. I think I think if you're going to take a quarterback, now is probably the last chance you've got to do it, and this is probably the guy to do it with. I think, uh, you know, he's a, he's a little bit older. He's almost 24, but I wish I think like you said,
0: I mean, they're not going to consider him, but Dorian Thompson Robinson's just like, like if I were building a team, that's who I would draft because he's more of a runner than a thrower. And it's like, if I got to go to a backup quarterback at that point, I just kind of want him to go nuts and run all over just the place.
1: Inject chaos and yeah. just run all over the place. Yeah. Let's I, take two. I, Toon. I, I that think philosophy. that makes the most yeah. sense.
0: I mean, they're him. And Duggan are both Texas, you know, played at Texas schools. So they've probably seen him quite a bit, but just the more, like I said, I think tunes the better prospect, um, which we see all the time is sometimes the better prospect doesn't end up being the better football player, but a lot of that's based on traits and all that jazz. So, all right, final pick of the draft. We've invested in corner. We've invested in tight end. We've invested in receiver. We've invested in versatile offensive lineman, defensive tackle, linebacker, and quarterback quarterback.
1: What do we think we do here? Uh, let's just look at what, you know, what the heck is left on the board. Cause that's a, you know, maybe there's a blinking light. You know, I think if there is one, it's Trey Dean here, but.
0: You look, at, you look at that in your your fullback? North Dakota State, Hunter Lepke?
1: I mean, maybe. they uh, That would be the kind of pick they would make. They also love their seventh round interior defensive linemen. Um. what about uh what about an old kicker we don't have a kicker we don't have a kicker but I think they probably look at that and say oh we'll just sign a kicker in the you know an undrafted free agency because yeah. these kickers know we don't have a kicker so they <laughs>
0: that's true um I mean yeah here I mean this, this is what I my goal at the last pick of the draft is the best to draft the best athlete and hope he turns into something. That's like my personal yeah, goal. Yep, like yep. I don't care what you did production wise. I don't care any of that. I'm just gonna pick the guy with the highest athletic grade and go. We're gonna draft this guy and hope that he can develop into being a football player. Um, I know Hunter Lepke was on uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list as a tight end slash fullback. That's always an intriguing thing. That Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy kind of famous for. Using a fullback in his time in Green Bay.
1: Let's do it. We'll we'll make our buddy Landon McCool really happy, and we'll take a fullback here at the end of the draft. I like it. He said that's one of those things. PFF probably hates that pick, um, but he's probably a guy who makes your roster, and you're They might hate like like our grade forty-five. Honestly,
0: yeah. let's see what we got. Let's see what we got for a PFF draft grade.
1: Oh, an A minus. A-. They a-. loved our it. We it's all the values we took in the fifth round. They love.
0: Yeah. All right. So Deontay Banks got a B. Our trade back got a B minus. Tyler Scott was a D, which they are absolutely John owning. I hope you hear this wrong.
1: Um, and, and we we knew that that would be the pick that they hated. Right. right. Like the 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 value on that, according to their board, didn't line up according to ours, and what we believe about the way that they will think about this stuff did.
0: So Lance Sam Laporta in the third round, Kobe Turner in the fourth round, Tank Bigsby in the fourth round, um, Braden Daniels in the fifth round, Michael Wilson in the fifth round, Cam Jones in the fifth round, uh Clayton Toon in the sixth round, and Hunter Lupke in the seventh round. And like you said, our fifth round minus the Braden Daniels pick, which I mean, I knew they didn't like him as much as I did. And Again, we weren't doing this as far as how I see it, but I think Braden Daniels is a little bit better than a D minus grade there. But A plus, A plus, A, and a B minus to close things out with Tank Bigsby also being an A, that pretty, that probably changed our
1: values a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things that e- even as we did it, we didn't feel fantastic about picking Deontay Banks where we picked him, uh, which is why we moved from 26 to 29 and added the extra pick, which turned into Kobe Turner which they gave a C-plus pick there, but what that allowed us, it it basically enabled us to get a bonus player that we got there. So when you combine the value of uh, Deontay Banks and Kobe Turner, you feel pretty good about that. Um, And we knew knew that the way it lined up early was going to be tough from a value standpoint, according to PFF, but we were able to just sort of go down and pick off value in the second half of the draft. Because, and this is this is what it sort of comes back to on the whole idea, right? Um, we addressed high value positions of positions of need early in the draft, and we were able to come back and take value at positions, even positions of need like interior defensive line, running back. Running back. You know, we even got a fantastic value at wide receiver, you know, really late in the draft too, so. I like it. I mean, like I said, I think you added a starting corner.
0: I think you added, added a starting receiver, you know, might you know, if they go out and sign OBJ and free agency or something like that, maybe not, but I think today you added a starting corner, a starting receiver, probably a starting tight end and 12 personnel looks with Jake Ferguson and Sam Laporta. Uh, Kobe Turner is a guy who I think could play valuable snaps for you in year one as a rotational three technique. Um, possibly even depending on – I know Dan Quinn likes to mix things up at times and play some of those defensive tackles out wide, so he could do that as well. I think Bigsby could come in and compete slash be your starter at running back. Um, Breeden Daniels is a guy who I think could come in and, you know, we always seem to have injuries at swing tackle, whether it's Matt Let's Go or Josh Ball, whatever it is, those guys always seem to come in and, and get hurt. So maybe he could come in and compete for swing tackle reps – um, be that versatile guy that could play some guard in a, in a pinch. Michael Wilson's a guy we both love that late in the draft. Cam Jones, rotational linebacker, special teams guy. Clayton Toon battling it out for you know the third quarterback spot. And then Hunter Lepke could come in and play a lot of snaps for you in year one as, as a fullback slash tight end move piece that Mike McCarthy special to Special teams, like, use.
1: like he's – got to – the back end of this draft is just beautiful from a value standpoint. you got special – you're going to get contribution – contribution contribution <laughs> early in the draft from probably three of your four last picks in the draft you picked four times after 170 and you probably get production year one on special teams from three of those guys and one of them was a, the fourth one was a quarterback so
0: yep no absolutely like i said that was uh we went long but that was fun and we're going to you know probably do one or two more of these before the draft just to kind of after the combine we'll kind of get every all our rankings adjusted, kind of figure out who might check out from a medical standpoint and who tested closer to their standards. And we'll do these again, but wanted to come in before the combine and talk about some of these guys and figure out maybe some directions they could look to go. And combine starts this week. I know it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys tune into that. Make sure you guys are tuning in every week to the talking the draft podcast and all the other podcasts on the Blogging voice podcast network. We thank you guys for listening.